You know, guys, when you get to be our age, finding the motivation to get back in shape can be hard. It's just plain tough to find a routine and to stick with it. Good news. FitBod is a fitness app that is anything but routine. It tailors your workouts to fit your life, your goals, your gear, and even your schedule, so you can avoid burnout. And FitBod helps keep up your momentum by mixing in different exercises, reps, supersets, and circuits. Best yet, FitBod has over 1,000 demonstration videos, so you can learn the right way to do each exercise. It's time to ditch the boring routines and kickstart your fitness journey. Add FitBod to your workout essentials. Join today to get your personalized workout plan. Get 25% off your subscription or try the app for free at fitbod.me slash Zabe. That's F-I-T-B-O-D dot M-E slash Zabe. Today on the ZabeCast, what have I told you one of the stars of Shark Tank got reeled in like a fish? Mr. X is free on a Thursday. We'll talk about why Mike Francesa can be so dumb about gambling. MLB's continuing efforts to not let their fans see or hear the games. And what his craps lessons going to be all about at Zay Vegas. All that, plus if you thought the Prudes had lost the FCC's number, think again. Your bonus, 45 minutes of me, is locked and loaded. So buckle up and let's go! Thursday, February 27th, 2020. Thank you for downloading. We are almost home. We are almost through the month of February. Almost through one of the last real dead weeks in the sports calendar. And then buckle up because things are going to get real interesting really quick. But before we begin today, it was an utterly sobering afternoon and depressing and shocking and sad afternoon for my friends and myself and my radio family in Milwaukee. As on Wednesday afternoon, a psychotic piece of scum decided to handle being fired from his job at the Molson Coors Miller Brewery with a shooting rampage that left six dead. And then finally, his own piece of human garbage on top. This one, and I mean... At this point, the tempo of these seemed to be picking up. Shook me even more than maybe some of the others because I feel more a part of that community than ever. Even though I am there, uh, you know, once a month, I've spent more time in Milwaukee now that I've started this new show there than ever before, and I like it more and more every time I'm there. And when I do travel there, I, I don't stay very far from just blocks from that wonderful, iconic symbol of the Brew City itself, the uh, Miller Brewing uh, Campus, they call it. And of course, now it's owned by Molson Coors, etc. And to see a story like this, it just guts you. It really, really does. And so I pray for all the families who have been shattered into a million pieces of grief over this extreme act of cowardice and inhumanity. May God help them through this somehow. And may we as a society figure out what can be done. There are no magic fixes. There is no wand to be waved. There are no simple answers. But what can be done? What can we incrementally do to try to, if not keep this from happening, but at least 
slow it down, limit it, to start closing in the walls of this in our workplaces, our schools, our churches, seemingly everywhere people gather. And like I said, there's no easy answers. So we can only hope that we can all take a minute and at least consider perhaps the most unpalatable steps that perhaps somebody you disagree with are suggesting and say, you know what, I can't, I'm not behind that, but what about this? If we can give each other's ideas at least a fair hearing, maybe we can see if there's a sliver of common ground that we agree on and then we move forward and then we tighten the safety net of society somehow in a way that at least relatively small moments of human failure like this, like getting fired from a job, don't end up in an unthinkable carnage. And I also pray on a personal note, and this is entirely my opinions only, I also pray that there is a special place in hell for people like this who choose to envelop other innocents and their families in death and misery. And I wish that those ghouls who do this kind of stuff suffer in the next life, suffer in a way that is beyond comprehension. Now, I know that's not very forgiving, and that's not maybe in line with everybody's worldview or religious view or view of this life and whatever comes next, but that's my view. Oh, yeah, that's my fucking view, big time. Everyone has limits to their sympathy and understanding and compassion. This is beyond my limits. The city of Milwaukee is deeply bruised, and so we hope we can help each other find a way through it as it was a tough, tough Wednesday. All right, Shark Tank. It's a good show. It's fun. It's interesting. I don't know the true business acumen of any or all of the people on the panel. They seem pretty sharp. You know, I know Cuban's background a a bit, and he's been a pretty good NBA owner. I don't know if any of his other businesses have really blossomed into anything. Um, The Corcoran Group, Group founder, Barbara Corcoran, apparently got taken in by a phishing scam. Oh, the irony. This time, a fish caught a shark. (laughs) She apparently lost almost $400,000. According to TMZ, the Shark Tank star's bookkeeper received an email last week that appeared to have been sent by Corcoran's assistant, giving a thumbs up to pay a German company called FFH Concept GmbH. $388,700.11. Her bookkeeper asked what the money was for and received a response from the assistant, which was really the scam phishing email, claiming the money was designed, the claim the money was for designing the German apartment units that the 70 year old Corcoran invested in. Unfortunately for the bookkeeper, FFH Concept GmbH is a real company, and Corcoran does invest in real estate, so the transaction seemed legitimate. That is, until the bookkeeper sent off the payment and then emailed Corcoran's actual assistant a follow-up. The actual assistant is like, what? No. Who'd you send that to? What? Turned out the fraudster had changed just one letter in the assistant's real email address to create the fake one from which the fraudulent messages were sent. 
Corcoran's team told TMZ the money is already gone. Gone, gone, gone. Gone to whiskey. Flown like Ned and his cohorts. Gone! Uh, they've reportedly traced the scam emails back to an IP address in China and her lawyers are working out their next steps. There are no next steps. Like I said, it's gone. Gone, gone, gone. Like Ned and his cohort gone. <laughs> Your $50 gone. Gone the whiskey. Mm. Uh, of course, Corcoran may not feel the loss too much. Last month, she was reported to have had an estimated net worth of 80 million dollars 70 years old she's looking sharp at 70 good for her on the fitness front far as the uh assistant and bookkeeping front not so good alabama is reportedly targeting the number one strength and conditioning coach in the country i don't know if he's any good i just know he is the number one guy he is the mustachioed and skyscraper-haired guy from Oregon who is unmistakable when you see an Oregon Ducks football game. Aaron Feld is his name, and he's the loudest person in the room or at least on the football field. His vibrant, rambunctious look can find him screaming, let's go, and giving out high fives like a maniac to every Oregon Duck in sight. He's not unlike a lot of strength and conditioning coaches. First of all, he's in great shape. You can just tell with the muscles rippling through that Oregon polo shirt he's wearing. But the mustache and the hair game and the sunglasses, absolutely fantastic. Of course, Alabama just lost a pretty important coach. By the way, I don't think the strength... I'm dubious about whether strength and conditioning coaches really make a difference. But what do I know? I haven't lifted weights in forever. Alabama loses coach. Who was the guy they just lost? Oh, they just lost their strength coach, Scott Cochran. Huh. Okay. Well, hey, you lose a guy. And apparently some of these uh, college football blogs are like, oh, this is a big loss, man. He's good. It's real good. Okay, Aaron Feld, come on down. If I were a strength and conditioning coach, I would be scouring the internet for looks that could help get me over. I would absolutely go, hmm, mustache and hair, no. Shaved head and goatee, hmm, long hair, ponytail, uh, cowboy outfit, chaps, trench coat. What what can I wear to stand out? Because everybody can sit there and go, come on, meathead. Give me another couple reps. Come on. Hup, 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 hup. Yep, here we go. Hup, 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 hup. <laughs> Been a long time since we've had Mr. X on for free. Hello. But here he is. Hello, Mr. X. How long has it been since you have been freed from the jailed confines of the premium Fridays? Oh, I think it was last summer, but you get what you pay for with me. So free it is. Here we go. Is that true? I've I've kept you behind the paywall for that long. I think we did one um, between Super Bowl and now, but before that, it was pretty much back to last summer. We did a lot, but that's okay. Okay, well, you have not Good. complained about sitting back there. Uh, I'll let people know that are new to the Zabe Cast and don't subscribe to Fridays and don't get Mister X's 
white hot steam during the football season that I've known Mr. X for going on almost 20 years. I was a young buck on Sports Talk 980. You're an old buck on that station now. (laughs) I know. I was a young buck on the station, and uh, Mr. X reached out to me via electronic mail, which was the preferred contact back in the day. And I believe you said something like, you know what? I think you're one of the few guys at that station who gets it in terms of gambling and stuff. Now I was not... I was not, and I am not a huge gambler, but I've always been gambling friendly. And so that was what began you and I uh, talking about stuff and gambling and point spreads and everything else. I think at the time, Mr. X, you were just amazed at some of the malapropisms that old John Thompson, Coach Thompson, would roll out on a uh, semi-regular uh, basis. I used to have a file on those. I wonder where it is. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, so anyhow, at the time, early 2000s, Internet gambling was very sketchy at best, and I think I might have said something about looking for a place to lay off some cash because I had a real hard, I had real good feeling about a thing or two, and that's when you said, "Hey, I'll be a huckleberry. I can handle some of your your action. Put it on my boat." And then we met up at a TGI Fridays underneath the office building in Tyson's Corner across from the Heckinger's, which is now a Home Depot, not far from the mean streets of McLean, Virginia, where my dad used to take me to that Heckinger's pretty much. um, I'm going to decline this call. uh, Take me to that Heckinger's to do various projects when I was a kid. And I had scored my first nice envelope from I forget what I bet, but it was a nice one. And I was instantly That's hooked. That's an amazing recollection. Pretty oh, you, close. Pretty close. <laughs> what did I pretty get close. wrong? What, what was no, it? No, that's true. The difference is, I would add this. No, no, you're exactly right. But you were intrigued by gambling on the radio when everybody else was like, hush, 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 we can't say that word. Right. So that's why I started to follow you. I thought that was cool. Most people like uh, your former sidekick. Andy Pollan. that it was just yeah. A, yeah just a horrible people would only <laughs> care about that oh my god oh you look know, you should be into the pureness of the sport etc and we you did a uh radio show like a block from my office so i went over and we connected and then i sent you that first year i sent you my write-up on the baseball season in march right and around September, you read it and said, this is a really good recap, and then realized, oh, wait, it's not a recap. He wrote it before the year. Exactly. <laughs> and, and, and after that, we started doing season totals, and one year you, you, you took like all eight of them and decided to go, you know, Light. jump on it yourself. Like 100 bucks and each. And you were mad. That's yep, a lot of money, mad. by you the way. seven and one. I... You were mad about the one. Right. <laughs> You got to remember. I mean, I'm not. Uh, yeah. I, I'm not gambling that much money ever, and so I'm. Yeah. I'm laying out, and, and of course, big. and you didn't even make me. You know, you you floated me on credit, and uh, I'm thinking, sure. God, if these things go south, I got to come up with 500 bucks. It's going to sting. But <laughs> instead, I met you at the TGI Fridays. We had a nice thick envelope, yep. and I was like, That's I cool. like this gambling. And you have proven through the years because you stepped up to the plate, metaphor intended on your season totals in baseball every year in written detailed form before the season begins. And you have gone a staggering what now over these almost 20 years? Well, the 19 years that you and I did it was 76 and 19 on your show. 
Whoa! Wee! 76 uh, and 19. And anybody can do that a year or two. That was 19 years, Ronnie. And last year was when you said, that's it, no more. It's time to do this differently. And I started the website doing these mostly and a lot of other things. So we didn't actually do them on your show last year. And I got all right. kinds of folks emailing out of the woodwork for me like, hey, what are they? What are they? And like, you know, guys are now subscribing to the website. I can't really just throw them out on that, uh, you know, on that podcast. So we didn't do them on the air last year. But, but it was a great year. <laughs> and what were your season totals last year? Uh, the top four all hit. The four best were easy winners. Um, overall, it went seven and three. But I kind of, you know, put emphasis on the top five that went four and one. But if we go, we can add seven and three to that total. That'll put us at 83 and... Uh, Something eighty three and twenty one. Let's, let's not let's not count our chickens before they are okay. hatched. By but the that'll way, that'll be the end of twenty years. Well, yep. and you know, and about about two or three years ago, I believe you had begged out. You're like, I, I want to end on a high note. You wanted to retire because it was another great season for totals. And I think I urged you. You can't do that. But I also at the same time said, you know what? These fuckers need to pay for your gold <laughs> here because you've got a proven track record now. As always, things can turn, and you never know. Past performance is no guarantee of future success. But you seem to have the baseball totals. You have got a pretty good feel for them. That is indeed your wheelhouse. Like any other gambler in anything else you bet, football, college, pro, basketball, etc., you have your wins and you have your losses. It's called gambling for a reason, right? There you go. We all have one thing we're better at than others. Mine is baseball. You know, Dano's is the dog's. We all have some literal dog racing. Yes. Dog racing. Yes. Um, so by anyway, way, you're, Mr. I'm X's website, Mr. X's website. And he goes by Mr. X to add to the mystery. And you were also a little bit skittish early on. You're like, I don't want my name out there. That's fine. Uh, Mr. X's website. If you want to subscribe and get general gambling tips on ways to play and your special sort of stuff. I mean, you've told me I'm not a tout. I'm never going to be a tout. I'm not in that business. I don't want to be in that business, but I can share my strategies and theories and stories about gambling with people that subscribe as well as my season totals is callmemrx.com. Callmemrx.com. And you can email Mr. X there directly through the website. Yes, and it's still loaded with football. In another week or so, we'll have a transition to baseball. And I love when I say we. It's me. We. Anyway, you um, and your staff, right? Yeah. By the way, you know what's funny, Zabe? I just thought of this connection. The first time you asked me to go on your nighttime Fox show, back in the night, you did 7 to 10 p.m. And I said, okay. And, and I, I said, don't, don't use the name. And when you introduced me, you had already put together the Mr. X, the music, the home, oh, yeah. the whole thing together. And it kind of surprised me. But there was one time on the that there was you used to have a long, 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 phenomenal intro. Do you remember who put it together? Notorious Jay. Jay, Jay Cottrell. And wouldn't it be amazing if Jay comes out to Zabe Vegas? It would be. You know, He's got to I've never come. met Jay yet. I still I never met him. I know. Only on the only on the phone. I yeah. know. I mean, you you are scheduled to appear. Charge is scheduled to appear. Jay is threatening to appear. I mean, we're we're getting close to a full boat of of Zabe regulars out there. So sure. let's keep you our know, fingers Jay, crossed. It's, it's all about the money. 
Yeah. He's got to have the right contract. <laughs> exactly. You know. Go exactly. All right. So uh, let's get to it. How okay. can a guy like Mike Francesa, a numbers guy who made his bones as a researcher for CBS before he became an on-air megastar, and how can a guy who claims to be a horse expert, the horses, betting horses, paramutual betting, which is more complicated than I understand, how is a smart guy like that so fucking stupid to say what he said on his radio show podcast this week? If you missed it, here's the crux of it. I'm going to let you play OK Stop whenever you feel like you need to interject, all right? Sure. Here we go. And the lines are wicked. I mean, they, they, they take a lot of – the lines take a lot of uh, leeway. I mean, they are very, very, <laughs> you know, pro the – Well, you want to stop already? The loins. <laughs> My hey, loins. You want to play it for the others. Play it for the others. I heard yeah, uh, this one. Oh okay. my God, is that horrible? Go ahead. I'm Hold sorry. on. It, it gets it gets better, and by better I mean worse. Uh, bookmakers in that they'll put some crazy spreads on it. See, I always have a problem, and I do have a problem with this as a consumer. I don't like the splits. There should not be. As a consumer, I'm I'm eating as a, a cookie right now. Hold on, you fucking gambler. Oh, as a consumer, what, what are you buying bleach for your laundry? Shut up where, you know, I pay out 900 on a win to on an underdog, but I take in 1200 on a loss to the favorite. Wait a second. By the way, why is it so hard for him to articulate concisely the notion of a spread in 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 the payouts and why there is a spread why is he seizing up like this if you take in 900 it should be 900 each way and you get a you get a fee for the bet a fee for the bet okay stop mr x jump in uh, i you know I, I guess i'll say this i, I wonder and i you know, it would take a real hardcore Francesa fan to answer this. But what I wonder is, was he always this bad with his, you know, taking both sides of a bet? Oh, he's great. Oh, he sucks. I always told you both sides. You know, the thing he always does. Was he always like this? And it's just prior to social media, there was no real accountability. Or well, is he getting old and senile? Because this thing where he says, I always told you that he was great. I always told you he was terrible. It just gets so old. I, I don't know if he's always been that way. It's a combination of three things, all three. A, he is getting old and senile. I think, unfortunately, his his brain is slowing down. You can see it in his delivery. That's number one. Number two is that he has always been a shameless liar about his gambling prowess. And C is that it took this guy who runs the web, the Twitter account at back after this to expose his shameless lying. And so now he's looking worse and worse all the time, but let me just let him finish his thought on what he thinks should be the, the consumer right to be able to go, you know, even money on either side of a bed and the house only takes a quote fee. That's how it should be. Should be a fair, Wager. There should not be that breakage. That breakage is outrageous, and that breakage is there on all those bets, and that is really unfair. And it's, it should be eliminated. Because, I, I, you know, I look at those and I get annoyed by them because it's not fair. What, annoyed by them. All right, explain to people what he's talking about and why books do it and why he's crazy that he thinks that books would want to or would even agree to such a minimal payout. Go. 
Okay, I'm going to do the quick overview and save you the chalkboard math on this one because I don't want that part. But I'll say this. The mistake is that people think that spread has to do with the profit and the casino and making money, which, of course, it does have to do with. But that's not why. Now, by the split, what he means is in a game where there's a overwhelming favorite, his 900, he said, when he said the line is minus 900. Right. That means I have to lay nine hundred dollars or risk nine hundred just to win one hundred. Now that's not something uh, that you know most people would ever do, but that tells you that that's a game where that favorite is likely, very, very, very likely going to win. And that's a that's straight up you... wager, no point spread. It's called a right. money line wager, and the money line minus means favorite, plus means dog. And when you get close to a thousand, you're talking a massive underdog of probably in basketball thirty plus points, or in football twenty eight or more points. Yeah. Well, think of it this way: Let's say I took that bet. If I took it and won it nine times in a row, I'd win nine hundred dollars, and I lose once, and I'd lose the whole nine hundred. So if I won it nine out of ten times, I broke even. Okay, I have to win that over 90 percent of the time in order to be a smart play now. But his point is when you take the other side or the underdog, he says you should get nine to one. No, you don't. You get about six to one or plus six hundred because you just you don't. uh, How do I say this? You got to do it's not like they're just stealing money from you. It's the math of a 90% favorite what do you, well actually it's more than that if it's um if you're only getting 900 but it's the math of what does it take to break even over time okay right. when you take that underdog uh you know you got to get it right one two let's see what would it be it would be you get it right once and miss it six times so if you get it right six out of seven times you're breaking even so one side needs to hit 90% the other side needs to hit 78% that's pretty. That's not that much of a difference. That comes down to around ten percent. Just like when you lay points in the NFL and both sides are paying minus one ten or laying ten percent. Sure. So it really comes to the math. It's not just hey, it's a big number. The higher the number, the bigger that split between the minus and the right. plus. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, you get the- up to a boxing match and it's minus twenty four hundred and take back nine hundred something like that you're gonna have a big split right the higher the higher the the higher the favorite the bigger the split i have noticed that over the years on money line bets and if it's something like minus 150 it'll be plus 130 it'll be a much narrower gap right that's correct as you get up there to a you know 70 80 95 percent chance of winning it appears to be a bigger gap than it really is if you do the math right and it's all because of hashtag math (laughs) <laughs> which he does not seem do to understand. Yes, but here's the thing. What what Francesca is not also explaining is that there's no law in oh, place yeah. that every sports book is allowed to offer their own money line splits. And if they feel like there's too much breakage, as he calls it, uh, that another book could come in and try to steal some business by offering better odds. Simple rule of perfect markets. The more and more... Uh, gambling resources that pop up. If you were offering, as they like to imply, a bad number, guess what? I'm going to kick your butt and take your business by offering a good number. It's not a bad number. Right. 
right? Then the, then Simple as that. Exactly. So, so, so why do you think he's so dumb about this? What's you know, your I theory? I like don't this is a him enough to know, he's a he horse just, racing guy. Yeah, I, I think more often than not, it just seems to be he's that guy at the end of the bar that talks in circles to be to never hmm. be wrong. Hmm. He never got anything wrong in his life, so he starts to just not make sense as he's covering every track. That's the impression I get. As opposed to me, I'll tell you how many times I'm wrong. It's all the time. No, a guy like him, he just he just can't be wrong, and he just talks in circles. But he does seem to just not care either. Yeah, he doesn't care. He mails it in. And by the way, if I had his check, I probably wouldn't care either. Uh, I think you'd want to give it a fair <laughs> effort. You know, you yeah, can make his massive wrong. check and at least not mail it in. Also, on the numbers front, I want to play you this clip from Tom Verducci about the 2017 World Series and Clayton Kershaw. And get your reaction to it. It's 51 seconds. This has made the viral rounds. 44,000 plus likes on Twitter so far. Tell me what you think. Now looking back with the knowledge we have that in fact the Astros were using a sign-stealing scheme in the postseason. Boy, deep in its soul, that's got to hurt to know that that game was not played on a level playing field. And it's interesting. When I went back and looked at this game, and again, you're looking at it in hindsight with more knowledge we have now than we had then. Kershaw threw 51 sliders and curveballs that day and got zero swings and misses on them. That alone will make you start thinking that something was up. Well, that, Tom, and, you know, you're talking about him paying the biggest price. This guy has been ridiculed for his lack of production in the postseason. You have to look at him differently. Oh, there's no question about it. I mean, if that game is played in a level playing field and he is the MVP, you know, you don't hear any more about can this guy win the big game. So what do you think of that, Mr. X? Yeah, you know, I hadn't heard that clip, but I written down on my paper here, in case Dave brings up Astros. (laughs) Number one was (laughs) I've always said the biggest loser in this entire scandal was Clayton Kershaw. Not just because of what you just played, but also because – he was about to go down as the greatest pitcher of a generation. He's sure. that good. And instead it turns into, he can't win a big one in the playoffs. Well, we're kind of looking at that a little differently now, aren't we? So he, he became mortal uh, and actually became horrible in the postseason. And God, you know, he could have really gone down as, as a great. He, right. he got hurt more than, more than Judge or any of the other people you hear about. All right, but here's, here's what I want to know. I want to know how unusual is it for a pitcher to have 51 swing or not 51 curveballs and or breaking pitches. None of them, none of them with a swing and a miss. Well, I'll tell you this. I I sat in the front row in the nationals game when Kershaw, um, no hit him. Yeah. There was one boatload of swing and misses. I'll tell you that his, that is a hard pitch to lay off. There is no way in the world that happens by anything close to natural causes, let's call it. You're darn right it was a huge impact. Well somebody because somebody should be able he, to somebody should be able to data mine, at least going back yeah. ten or fifteen years, how many other instances did a yeah. pitcher go almost a complete game, have that many breaking balls not swung on and not missed? Yeah, and that that's the key to the the um especially his slider and most off speed pitches, is they look like strikes they become balls when you swing at them. Just knowing it's coming and laying off it, 
makes the game damn easy. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I, I got one other Astros thing related here. They're getting it's plunked funny, left like, and right. Oh, by the way. Oh, yeah. Isn't that nice? Did you see what Syndergaard did today? No. Syndergaard, when Correa came up, he strutted around that mound and watched the pitch clock until the last second to make sure that he got every possible boo he could get. <laughs> I love it. That's he great. was not going to pitch until that clock said one second. <laughs> yeah. Now, the one thing I thought of this week, I know people are probably tired of Astros, but it, I don't know why it just hit me. When the Nationals played the Astros in the World Series this year, nobody in baseball, short of Kershaw, throws a slider that Patrick Corbin of the Nationals throws. Yeah. He throws what they call the back foot slider, where it looks like a strike. You swing, and on a right-hander, it hits you in the back foot right? because it goes down and in so hard. When Corbin – I was thinking back to this. When Corbin was pitching in that series, you know, every pitch he throws starts down, ends up down. The Astros never swung at any of them. And I recall thinking at the time, this is either a tremendous – uh, what do you call it? Advanced scouting job by the Astros yeah. combined with incredible plate discipline that they'd lay off these two, two and three, two sliders that were so close thinking back, you know, had the Nats not won this series, we'd probably be talking about this year because yeah. I think, I think Corbin was a hundred percent, um, had his signs stolen. Cause there's no way, just like the Kershaw deal, there's no way they laid off him. And he was kind of average in that series. Cause he was, he was walking four guys in any yeah. when he used to walk one yeah. a game. Yeah. What, and uh, it's all cause they knew the slider was coming. So what percentage of pitches do you think, what percentage of breaking pitches do you think major league pitchers try to throw for strikes? 20% less. Well, it depends on each guy's stuff, but I wouldn't, I would say no, no, it's more than that. It's, I would say it's, Probably closer to half, but I really okay. think that's just so anecdotal. major league pitchers do try to throw breaking pitches for strikes almost sure. as much as they try to get guys to swing and miss for balls out of the zone for things that look like strikes, and then whoop, there it goes. It is true, yes, but sliders more than other pitches start out strikes and end balls, right? Because they look more like a fastball than a, than a, a true breaking pitch or a curveball. Right. A slider starts looks like a fastball, and if you don't read the spin just right, it's going to dip down and away and out of the zone. So it's more of a chase pitch. Yes. All right. Another uh, baseball is great. Yep. Another baseball news: uh, Major League Baseball is doing a bang up job of making sure people cannot watch the games they want to watch, cannot listen to the games they want to listen to. The latest news is Blue Jay fans in Canada have been cut off from MLB.tv. Why? Because now they're being forced to sign up for something called Sportsnet Now if they want to stream those games. And while Sportsnet Now is purportedly cheaper than MLB.tv, it doesn't have the same level of content for Blue Jay fans and baseball fans in general. You don't get opposing team telecasts or radio broadcasts. Also, Sportsnet Now is not available on Roku, which is used by many viewers who have cut the cord with cable and satellite. In a nutshell, what in the fuck is baseball doing? Yeah, nothing good. Um, you know, we have come, you know this more than I, but we have come full circle on sports where they finally, I thought, now recognize it's not just about the revenue, it's about attract a generation of fans yeah your revenue comes later you know in the beginning of football it was like oh you can't put it on tv nobody will come to the game well come on 
And in baseball, you know, if you, there were so many entertainment options. If you don't make it free and easy and cheap or not free, but virtually, they're just going to pick something else. Yeah. And you got to give them, right. You got to give them something that people are happy to pay for. And most people I know that are big baseball fans that sign up to MLB.tv have raved about it. They said it was the first streaming service for sports where it actually was reliable. The picture was outstanding. The additional content was fantastic. And they didn't care that they were paying a hundred bucks or so per year to get this incredible digital pile of baseball goodness. That's the model. Stop restricting people from getting it just because you're trying to protect this other vendor or this country or that area. It's all bullshit. You're going to lose in the end. The NCAA once upon a time tried to get people to pay for the extra first two rounds tournament games, either online or via satellite. And then they finally said, fuck it. Nobody's paying for this stuff. And let's just give it away for free because you know what? People are going to want it. Yes, it's 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 different. So I said that many years ago. Why do I have to pay a hundred dollars for a printer <laughs> when every time I run out of ink, I got to go spend sixty? I mean, oh. you should give me the printer for free. They are basically like, giving you the printer for free one. these days. The printers cost Close. less than the ink these days, ink, even the yeah, nice ones. Because you're hooked. But it's, it's the outrageous. same thing. You just want to hook them. You want to hook the. How fan. about how about the yeah. A's not having their games on radio in the Bay Area? The closest they're on actual radio radio is in Sacramento. This the, the Oakland A's are just, you know, it's been 20 years since Moneyball, and they're still the same story. No money, no fans, storied franchise. And the stadium is a survive. dump. Yeah, it's the worst. And, they, and yet they still keep winning. I don't get it. They're, yeah. they're a crazy story. All right. Um, there's this. The Redskins are apparently bringing in Tua and Joe Burrow to so-called more than just do their due diligence, but they're trying to pretend like, yeah, we like Haskins. He's a good young player, but we're keeping all of our options open. Do you think the Redskins and Ron Rivera are bullshitting here, or do you think they may not be, or at least Rivera may not be that enamored with Haskins? Yeah, there's a couple of things there. First of all, you know, when people say, oh, why are they wasting time? You got to do your do. You know, what else have they got to do? <laughs> Come on. What are you, busy? You got a bridge game? Right. You should bring the guys in. Right. But I do believe you do due diligence, even in the two, because, you know, next thing you know, you know, when you assume something's a certain way, next thing you know, Warren Sapp's dropping down the board or Bo Callahan. Remember him? No. From draft day. <laughs> the oh, quarterback shit. in track. When he's supposed to be the Is that one the awful Kevin? That's the Kevin yeah. Cost? Oh, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. I only saw bits and pieces of that. I heard yeah. it was terrible. But it had the NFL's license yeah. to it, so they got to use the actual yeah. logos and all that other shit. Cool. Well, the point is when the star quarterback who's supposed to go 1-1 starts to drop, and you're four, and you're like, oh, shit. Right. We didn't work him out. They must know something we don't know. Or did he fall in our laps, or do they know what we didn't know? You, you know, you don't have that much work to do in the off season. You got to do the work. You got to, you know, you, yeah. you can't just not do it. Or when the, something goes crazy, when Warren Sapp starts dropping down the board and nobody knows why, and the, the rumors start flying, you better have done your own homework. The only thing that concerns me, Mister X, is that if they don't think, if they're not over the moon with Haskins, that's a problem. He was taken fifteenth overall. And that's not really a prospect slot in my book. 
So if they're not over the moon with Haskins, that's a lot of red flags and some red sirens, red red lights and sirens going off. That's number one. And number two is it's easy for teams and coaches to fall in love when they start talking to guys. And that's dangerous because you shouldn't fall in love with a guy. What are you going to learn from Tua or Burrow that you don't know from looking at him on tape? Nothing. Well, they start those those questions. What would you do if you were a tree? And you know, all the things they start asking them. Oh my gosh! You know who made people fall in love with him? And he turned out to be okay before becoming the butt of everyone's jokes with the butt fumble. Is Mark Sanchez? Mark Sanchez came off as presidential. Steve Young said in his pre-draft meetings with teams, and he swooned people. Tua is apparently you can't not love the kid. Absolute force of nature, dynamic personality and a hell of a football player he's going to make someone fall in love with him and if the Redskins aren't sold on Haskins I don't know man it could get weird is all I'm saying I I think that jury's still out the point you never say everybody's like oh they said they like you don't go in right now and say you know we're kind of lukewarm on Haskins we're (laughs) considering other options of course you don't you got to say all that stuff but look, back up six months, and you were saying, "Golly, I hope we can beat out the Dolphins and tank for Tua." I know. So here he is. You know, here he is. The, if the, the medicals did. on that broken ankle are okay, here oh. he is. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I mean, want him so the bad. The Cardinals drafted Rosen, and they had enough sense going in. They said, "Oh, we like him. Nope, we like threw him, him out." Ah, uh, we got Kyler Murray. Okay, we don't like him. You have to. You can't fall in love. This is like a, a fantasy. But game, you know what, though, fantasy league where you can't draft the, your favorite player. You got to draft the best guy. But Rosen didn't go to the same high school as the owner's kid. <laughs> well, okay. Well, I, I, I realize Redskins are a completely different animal because they, you just never know what they're going to do. But in general case, you know, if a once in a lifetime quarterback falls in your lap like uh, Joe Burrow, I don't think he will. But if he did, you can't say, well, no, no, no. We've got Haskins. Well, the other thing <laughs> is we don't. Do that. The other thing is we don't know who's going to be better, Burrow or Tua, no, or no, if I, either I, I, or I like if either Burrow, one is going to be any good. Sure, we shall see. All right, real quick, will uh, Tom Brady resign with the Patriots? With your Patriots, I still think so. You I do. think he's yeah. just you know playing the game. He'll be there. Okay. Uh, we're uh, four weeks from Zabe Vegas. Still a handful of automatic bids. Limit of sixty-four. At our private suite at Top Golf at MGM Grand, I think we're up to fifty-four, fifty-five. Uh, Indiana How can there be slots available. Indiana, well, because people are slow getting their arrangements. We are four weeks away. Always got to have that MIAC bid in your back pocket. Indiana Kendra says she'll fill the place up. She just needs to come on the podcast. We'll get her on next week. How about that? If it's not full, we'll get her on. All right, very good. Thank you, Mister X. All right, take care. We'll finish on this today. You didn't think the prudes in America had gone away entirely, did you? Apparently, the FCC, the Federal Communications Commission, has been handling complaints coming from the halftime show involving Jennifer Lopez and Shakira. A halftime show that I think was absolutely fantastic and also a little bit over the top. All the crotch grabbing and the nakedity and the uh, gratuitous tongue wagging. But all that said, this is a pretty big number 
the FCC apparently got 1,312 official complaints. Some of the quotes included, the halftime show last night was beyond inappropriate. Shakira laying on her side, gyrating like sex. Lopez on a stripper pole, bending over to expose her butt crack. Both performers grabbing their vaginas. Shakira grinding her butt against some tinfoil-wearing man's penis. This was incredibly offensive. My children were watching. TMZ Sports requested the complaints made to the Federal Communications Commission, a government agency which regulates TV, and it's clear while many praised the performance, others not so much. Another comment said, completely inappropriate, simulated orgies, stripping, borderline pornography, this is a family event during prime time, should have never happened, said a viewer from Indiana. Someone else said, I do not subscribe to the Playboy channel. We do not buy porn for $20 a flick. If you do, you're overpaying. We simply wanted to sit down as a family and watch the Super Bowl. God forbid we expected to watch football and a quick concert, but instead had our eyes molested, said a family from Tennessee. They also said J-Lo's movie Hustlers was rated R, so since when is a rated R viewing allowed on network TV at 8 p.m.? Ah, boy, oh boy, oh boy. You know, I looked at some of the uh, still photos, the high-res still photos of the performance, because, you know, I'm a weirdo and a pervert. J-Lo was wearing so many layers of spandex and multiple costumes because she peeled off the outer layer to go to that silver layer that when you when you zoom in on the high-res images, I mean, she was covered up in three layers of poly whatever, latex. Yeah, it looked like skin, but it really wasn't. Now, the crotch grabbing was crotch grabbing. The crotch grabbing was a bit much. And some other parts of it I didn't care for. If they just dialed it back a little bit, I would have said, you know what? That's a sexy show with two dynamic badass women who are musical and dance and movie superstars. And good show, mate. Good show. But a couple things took it over the edge. Eh, what are you going to do? If you're in Indiana or Tennessee or somewhere, prudes are going to prude. I just hope we don't have to go through another round of mind-numbing radio training about what the FCC does and does not permit. Because after the Janet Jackson thing, trust me, it was a nightmare for us in radio. It was like, there's a seminar. You got to do it online. It takes 45 minutes. You're like, oh, 45 minutes? Come on! I think our program director said, here, I cribbed all the answers, B, C, A, A, B, D, C, B, A. Just click through real quick. You'll be done in five minutes. (laughs) Best and only thing my PD did for me while he was the PD, but still, give him credit. That'll do it for today. Thank you for listening. Have yourself a good Thursday. And tomorrow, you'll get the Friday subscriber edition, so you won't go into the weekend without me. All you got to do is download the Zabecast app and sign up for Fridays. It comes out to just pennies a day. And I hope you appreciate the Friday show. We try to make it a slight cut above, but eh, I'll be honest. Sometimes it's just a fifth show that I don't give away for free. It helps support me and the podcast and everything else and keep me going. And for all of you who do subscribe already, thank you for those who are thinking about it. 
If you jump in, I do appreciate your five bucks a month. That'll do it for me today. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time.